So um, we, we sent the guys away, and now we're going to talk about war. So, but I want us to war, and uh, we need to war. And so as we pray tonight, um, let's, pr- let's pray like warriors. Um, let's don't pray like mouses. Uh, we're not mouses. We're warriors. Um, in 11, when, when um, the angel was speaking to Gideon, he said, Hello, mighty man of valor. And Gideon's knees are knocking. And what He says that to you tonight. Hello, mighty woman of valor. Pray like a mighty woman of valor. I need to pray like that. We need to pray like that. And we're going to talk about that some tonight. So um, when we pray, let's don't pray like mice. Let's, let's pray like people of valor. Okay, well, let's, let's pray. Lord, we just thank you tonight, Father. We thank you because you've given us an opportunity to come in your house, to learn about you, to learn more about you. And Lord, we know as we learn more about you, we just love you more. You're, you just expose yourself to us. And open up new doors, things we didn't know before. And we're just in awe of who you are and that you would care about us. And we just give you praise for that tonight. All the words that are said, the scriptures that are read, they're all about you. They're about your tenderness, your love, your care for us. And, and we just want to praise you for that. Remind us. Remind us tonight, Lord, of who we are, who we are to you, who we are in you. Lord, I ask you to touch all these that we mentioned, all those that are on our bulletin that, that have such great needs, Lord, things that are, are just weary in their minds and weary in their bodies, Lord. We just ask you to touch them, give them the touch that they need tonight, Lord. We just ask all these things in your name. Amen. Okay. So, the first thing that I wrote was, it's a fact. There's a war going on. Now, if you're in this room and you didn't realize there was a war going on, guess what? There's a war going on. And, you know, you're either in active duty. Some of you might be in a military hospital. Uh, You've been wounded and you're off in the hospital still trying to recover. Some of you are still just sitting around waiting on God to give you some orders. (laughs) And sadly, some of you have gotten orders and you're still sitting around waiting on orders. Um, So what I want to say to you tonight is no matter what what status you find yourself in, if you are a born-again Christian, if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're in a war. Now, you can stick your head in the sand and act like you're not in a war, But if you stay in it long enough and you're really in it, you're in it to win it, you're going to realize there's a battle going on here. And I can either get trampled on and come out with my clothes torn and my hair all crazy. As a matter of fact, I have this crazy hair right here. Do you see that? Um, Or I can can be that that woman of valor. I can be that mighty um, armor, armor armor-wearing warrior that I need to be. And so, as we, as we started thinking about that, I, I realized, you know, and we realize this, God has given us the weapons we need to be in this war. He hadn't just thrown us out there and said, have at it, good, uh, good luck, uh, see you later, anything like that. Everything is provided, everything's taken care of. Um, 
show me my first scripture. So 2 Corinthians 10.4, very familiar. So the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not earthly, but they're mighty through God. And they pull down strongholds. So the weapons are there. He tells us they're there. These are mighty weapons that I'm giving you. So one of the things I wanted to do first is make y'all participate. So most of you know, are very familiar with Ephesians chapter 6, where we're, taught, we're told about some of our weapons. So just holler out, what are some of those weapons that are talked about that, um, that we have in Ephesians chapter 6? Helmet of... Your helmet of salvation. That's a helmet that you, you can wear, okay? Shield of faith. The sword of the Spirit. This is the sword. Sword of the Spirit. Anyone, what are we missing? The breastplate of righteousness. Feet shy with the preparation of peace. So, is anybody not convinced? That number one, we're in a war. And number two, God has provided what you need to win the war. Not just to win it, to excel in it. Okay? So I want to talk to you about a weapon that's not in that list. And I think we don't think about it very often. And a matter of fact, it's one of those things that kind of got on the border to where you kind of thought that kooky people only talked about it. Okay? So here I am, <laughs> the kooky lady that's about to talk to you about it. And that weapon is a hedge. H-E-D-G-E, hedge. So what's a hedge? Okay, well, uh, just Webster or whoever now, Wikipedia, uh, defines it. Of course, it's a row of bushes or small trees planted close together to form some sort of fence or boundary. It's, so, it's used for protection. It keeps things in. It keeps things out, Right? So everybody knows what hedges are. So the question comes is, do I want a hedge? Why would I want a hedge? And does God provide a hedge and want me to have a hedge? Okay? So we're going to try to answer some of those questions. Um, am I too loud or making... No, I, I feel like Tweety Bird, like i got a tweet or something. Um, all right, so... The, probably the most familiar scripture that, that when we talk about a hedge is going to be Job chapter 1. Will you put that up? So now Job, I think everybody knows, Job is a righteous man, uh, uh, blessed by God. We're going to talk about that. And so Satan comes before the Lord, and this is Satan talking to the Lord, okay? And Satan says, Hast not thou made a hedge about him and about his house? And about all that he hath on every side, thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. Okay, so Satan is talking about the hedge. So from his conversation, let's discover some things about the hedge, okay? For one thing, the hedge was not only just about Job. The hedge was about his house, which means all of his family that was in his house. And everything that he had on every side of him, front, back, side, left, right, if it was his and around him, God had put a hedge about it. Now, anybody want to sign up? 
not just about me, but about everything that's in my house and everything that I have on my left, on my right, in my front, and in my behind, God can put a hedge around it. Okay? Now, that's pretty cool because let's discover what that hedge does. Some of the benefits of the hedge. So now, this hedge also identified the property owner. All right? So let's just drive down... Mount Olive Road, and there's this beautiful row of hedges around this house, a nice, beautiful house and hedges. Whose house is it? Well, it's whoever put the hedges up. It's not my house. I'm not going out there with the sweat of my brow and plant hedges, which I could not. I can't even grow a cactus. Uh, <laughs> but if I could, I wouldn't go to your house and put a bunch of hedges around there because I'm going to put them at my house. And that identifies my property. And you drive by and you see the hedges. Oh, look at Danelle's house, identified by the fact that she put hedges around it. Where does her yard end and start? Where the hedges end and start, don't they? Satan knew that. He looked and he said, oh, that one belongs to God because he's put hedges around it, okay? And he also knew something else. I can't touch him. I can't touch him without a hedge there. And so, raise your hand. Would you like that? So now you got this nice little God hedge around you because he says, that's mine. I put my stamp on that. I built that hedge. That's my stuff inside. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. Notice that Satan couldn't touch it till God said, okay, I'll take the hedge up. But don't touch his life. You can touch anything he has, but don't touch his life. So the hedge went up, and then Satan could come in. Not while the hedge was down. Would you like a hedge? <laughs> me too. I'd like a big tall one. Give me three, please. Um, so what a wonderful, what a wonderful, wonderful opportunity that we have to have this hedge. How easy to fight the battle when you got this wonderful hedge about you and the enemy of, of, of you can't get in it. Right? How cool. How cool. So now, um, let's, let's go to another verse. Pretty familiar scripture. Isaiah 5, 5 and 6. Um, this is God. Now, this is kind of in reverse where God is saying to Israel, he's angered with them, and he said, I'm going to take your hedge up. So this is God speaking to Israel. And now go to, I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. Now, his vineyard is Israel in this, in this scenario. I will take away the hedge thereof, and it shall be eaten up, and break down the wall thereof, and it shall be trodden down. And I will lay it waste, and it shall not be pruned nor digged, but there shall come up briars and thorns. I will also command the clouds that they rain no rain upon it. Now let's look back. So we're going to kind of put this in reverse. So while that hedge is there, nothing's going to eat it up. So if it, we're the vineyard. We're God's vineyard now. We're, we are transplanted into that vine, right? The true vine was Israel, and we got grafted in, so now we're that vineyard. As long as our hedge is in place, nothing's going to come eat us up. 
and nothing's going to trump on us. Okay, keep going to the next one. Now, this is something else. If my hedge is there, I get pruned. My hedge comes up, no pruning. Now, pruning so, seems like an unhappy thing. People are clipping on you, um, you know, taking off pieces, right? But if you don't get pruned, you don't grow. And eventually, you get all wild and crazy. And you've seen all these old burly guys that don't shave and their hair gets all crazy and hair comes out of their ears. <laughs> you got to prune, you know? You got to prune. And God has to prune us, clip off some stuff that doesn't need to be there. And if that hedge comes up and God just says, okay, you didn't like my pruning, you didn't like my protection, you haven't done what I asked you to do, hedge is going. And now you can just grow up there and guess what grows with you? Briars and thorns. How nice and pleasant. You in the patch with the briars and thorns. Um, and no rain to, to top that off. So while you're inside the hedge, rain, no thorns. Now, you know I'm not telling you nothing bad happens to you while God got you in his hedge. What I'm telling you is this is a weapon. This, I want you to use your hedge as a weapon this is a weapon to help you make it. This is a weapon to help you. Did somebody knock on that? This is a weapon just like your sword. You can pray for this hedge. Um, and I'm going to show you where, God, where God's expectation is about us with this hedge. But I just first wanted you to see the great benefits of the hedge. Why would you want to have a hedge? The hedge keeps out the devourer. And we know that the Bible refers to Satan as the devourer many times. Um, <clears throat> okay. So a, a lot of y'all that know how I teach know that I think about things kind of sideways. So when I read this verse, <laughs> when I started reading that verse, I was like, why do I need hedges when I have walls? Did you think about that? Put that back up, Mer. He said, I'll take away the hedge and break down the wall. And see, stuff like that just bothers me. <laughs> I'm like, okay, now hedges are awesome. Aren't they pretty? They, they define everything. But dogs can get through hedges. Snakes can get through hedges. People can get through hedges. All kind of critters, raccoons, whatever, can get through hedges, but not walls, Right? So that, that kind of bothered me. And so I started trying to study on that a little bit, and I found this wonderful article, okay? This was an article called Hedges Protect California Vineyards, and it was from September of 2011. Um, and what it talked about was the federal government began going out into California vineyards and teaching those owners of the vineyards to grow hedges, and um, how cool. It was so cool when I started reading it because the hedges do four very important things, okay? First thing they do is they enhance the weed control. If the people had hedges all around their vineyards, the weeds stayed down. And it really enhanced any of their weed control efforts and they didn't have to spray so much pesticides. 
or poisons or anything like that trying to get rid of the weeds. The, the hedges kept the weeds from growing. Now, I wanted to mention, you know, before it said something about the thorns. Thorns choke. Weeds just come right in there. So if, if it's a weed, sometimes you can't tell it. Oh, me, no green thumb anywhere around me. I can't tell a weed from a flower. I'd be like, oh, how beautiful. <laughs> and my sister would be like, that is poison oak or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. But weeds do that. Weeds just kind of come in and they'll just get up right beside you. Now, a thorn's going to be like, Rah! but a weed don't do that. The weed just comes in and just moseys itself in, gets up right beside you, sits by you on the pew uh, with its little weed self. And so this is pretty cool now because the hedge can identify the weed. The thorn you can identify. Sticks you, if it sits by you, you're like, ooh, dude, scoot up. But the weed, he's not, he's not going to ruffle feathers for a long time until they're just like all over you. And the weed infiltrates. The thorn just attacks. The weed just infiltrates. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool that the, the hedges are great for weed control. And so for us, it's a, it's a, it's a, I'm going to go to the next one and I'm going to put them together. So give me a second. The second thing that they said the hedges do, it enhance their air and their water quality. So if they have hedges, the, um, the air quality and the water quality for their vineyard increased. And it was significant enough that the federal government has gotten in this and started showing these guys how to, to grow these hedges. Now, what I wanted to show you here is this is about these two together are about discernment because that is a very hard thing even for a mature Christian. Because a lot of times, like I said, the thorn's pretty easy to identify. But those weeds that get in, they're a little bit harder to identify. And they're hard to get rid of. Thorns, you can probably, you can just pull them out and get rid of them. But weeds, I mean, weeds will grow through the sidewalk, right through the concrete, will they not? Um, and you'll be down on your hands and knees begging, please, peas, grow. But the weeds will be like, Rrr. so... Weed control is big, and not only that, like I said, this is about discernment. When I thought about air quality, I thought about when, where the scripture, did I give you that scripture, um, Ephesians 4, 14? That we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they, they lie in wait to deceive. I thought about that as, when I said, well, the... This enhances your air and your water quality. That, the wind of doctrine nowadays is just craziness. Like, I've heard things, I, I'm just like, what? And people are believing it because they don't have any kind of foundation. But some of it is slippery. Right. You know, sound, this uber-grace stuff, um, if you know what I mean. It sounds so good. It really sounds so good. And so you need those hedges in your life to help you identify the weeds. Yes. And that you need your air quality that's blowing across you, the word that's blowing across you. You need it to be pure and holy and true. Yes. And you don't and when the when that unholy, 
untrue doctrine blows past you, you want to be able to identify it, right? You want to be able to say, eh, that doesn't match up. Something's wrong with that. Don't mind, might not even know what it is right now, but something ain't right about that. And, and that's what the hedge can help you do. The Holy Spirit does that in our lives. And y'all know I'm not discounting the work of the Holy Spirit. I'm just telling you, this is another gun in your arsenal that you can pull out and put, put around. So the, other, the third thing that these hedges do is they make it where there's less soil erosion. Um, soil erosion just means y'all probably know better than me. But the soil didn't just go away like as washed off with water or anything. The soil stays put. And for me, that, that means that whatever's been planted there stays there. And not just it stays there, it gets nourished and it grows and it gets to full maturity. Isn't that the goal? For us to all grow to full maturity? So whatever I got that hedge around will stay there. And it'll stay there till full maturity. How about that? I remember one time, back several years ago, y'all, most of y'all know um, Andrew and Anna Polk. Uh, Andrew uh, was not married to her at the time. And he was dating a girl he should not have been dating. And um, so we were praying one day here in this sanctuary. And the Lord just, just laid on me strongly, go grab him by the feet and just say to him, God is not going to let your feet walk where they don't need to be. And, um, and God answered that prayer, didn't he? Because right after that, that relationship ended and however long later, he and, and uh, Anna got together and now they're missionaries in Honduras. Nothing to do with me. It was all about that hedge. And I know he has a praying mother and I'm not sure who all um, was praying for him and around him. But I can tell you that God knew that was his and he didn't want his feet to move. And so they got planted there was no erosion around his soul. What a great promise. We can ask God, plant us in the soil, God. Hold our feet in that soil until we get mature and grow to full maturity. The fourth thing that, um, that this article said that the hedges would do, cool right here, <laughs> enhanced beneficial insect population. Now, if you're me, that was a hard one. I don't see any beneficial insects. <laughs> insects are bugs. I don't like them. Um, it would be like saying to me, well, there's a beneficial snake. No. Unless it's dead, it is not beneficial in any way. So, but, yes. So, now, this is really cool, though. They call these beneficial insects pollinators. And so... Let's talk about pollinators and pollination. Pollination, you know, the bee comes to the flower and, the, you know, y'all know all that stuff. But this is what's cool is pollination has to occur in order to create seeds. It causes you to re reproduce what you are. If I'm a flower and, I, and the pollination occurs... More flowers, right? If I'm a whatever I am, if I'm a Reese cup, yes, a large Reese cup, awesome white chocolate Reese cup, 
then pollination causes me to produce more white chocolate-covered Reese cups. How exciting. I need this beneficial insect because he is a natural enemy to the bad ones. How cool is that? I get a twofer here. I got this beneficial insect, and he is a great pollinator, and he is also the natural enemy to the bad insects. So um, God protects your hedge. He, calls it, he, he puts that hedge there, and inside that protection, he causes you to produce seed to be slung out. And since you're a Christian, what are you slinging out there? More Christians, right? If I'm in that hedge, I should be getting pollinated. And not only that, the bad bugs, the mosquitoes and ants are not attacking me because the good pollinators are their enemy. Isn't that cool? I thought that was really cool there that God provided us with the twofer there. And, and what a cool article where it just kind of came right along with what I was saying is we, we not only need the wall which God will provide, but we need that hedge. That wall can't do that. No good pollinator wants to be on a wall. They want to be in a hedge. And the wall's not going to help your soil. The wall's not going to help your air quality, but those hedges do. And so those are the reasons I want to give you for what's the benefit of the hedge, okay? So let's talk about two other verses, Ezekiel 22 and 30. This is God's feeling about the hedge. I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. God was looking for that person. Who's out there asking for hedges? Who's out there looking and saying, ooh, part of that hedge is missing. I need to go stand there where, that, where there's a gap in that hedge. That person's gotten wounded or they're sick or they've been offended or whatever it is. They got a hole in their hedge, but I'm going to stand here and make up that part of the hedge. With expectation, God looked out for that person. Now, if he was looking tonight, what would he find? What would he find? Would he find a group of people that were praying for that hedge, expecting that hedge, enjoying that hedge, using that hedge? I don't know. Now, okay, so next verse. <coughs> you have not gone up into the gaps. God says to Israel, you didn't go where there were gaps and, did, and you didn't make up the hedge for the house of Israel to stand in the battle in the day of the Lord. This was an expectation that God had for his children. This is an expectation that God still has for his children. So let's insert where it says house of Israel, let's do something. You have not gone into the gaps, neither made up the hedge for the house of God. Have you? Let's do it again. You have not gone up into the gaps, neither made up the hedge for evangel assembly of God to stand in the battle. Are they in a battle? Unless you got your head way down in the sand. Yes. So let's read it some more. You have not gone up in the gaps, neither made up the hedge for your own house. 
right? God's expectation is that we're doing this. He's looking around going, I gave you a hedge, a hedge. And now we're all liable because we now know what that hedge could do. And he's like, you mean I gave you a hedge and nobody's even asking for hedges? They're not trying to fix their hedge, trying to help their brother fix his hedge. Your church, your church, and you're not asking for the hedge? What? He wants to say, what? Come on. The hedge is there. It's a tool. It's a, it's a weapon. It, it's a blessing. It's all those things. And it's there. We're going to get out real early. And we're all going to have white chocolate Reese cups. <laughs> okay, so first picture, Miranda. Thank you, Miranda, by the way. That's our church. Now, that's probably an old picture. I pulled it off of Google Maps or whatever. So, see those hedges? Where's your name? Hmm? Where's your name? Where's my name? See, what I figure right here, and I put it at first, but I took it out. I figure Sister Puckett. Raise your hand, you know Sister Puckett. I figure her name's right there. That's her, that's her hedge. She's gone to be with the Lord now. wonder if she's still praying for that hedge. See, we don't know that. But that's not her job anymore. So over here, I figure that one's, I think that's Ronnie's mother and daddy. That's their hedge right there, brother and sister Goins, who were pastors of this church before. And I'm sure they put, they put that hedge right there, Ronnie, I believe they did. And that one down there could be um, Brother Hicks. This was called Hicks Chapel. He was the, pretty much the founding pastor of this church. Him and Ma Hicks, they called him Ma and Pa Hicks. That's probably their hedge. All the people that I just mentioned are gone. Gone to be with the Lord, haven't they? Yeah. Now, we don't know what they're asking God for while they're up in heaven, but you know what? I do know that God wasn't talking to dead Israelites when he said, how come you're not praying for the hedge and making up the gout? He was talking to live ones. And that's who he's talking to tonight. All us live people. We need to be praying for the hedge. We need to be praying for those that we know has gaps in their hedges. And there's lots of them. And probably all of us have gaps in our hedges. So why aren't we asking? Why aren't we asking? It's a great benefit. It'd be like if I went to work tomorrow and they said, well, you know, Danelle, if you would just um, only go to the bathroom two times today and, and smile three times, we're going to give you a $50,000 bonus. And me be like, mmm. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, girl, <laughs> give me a catheter. <laughs> I'm doing it. Well, this is what we're talking about. You got this great benefit. And then on the top of that, you also have the fact that God tells you straight up, I expect it. I am looking for the man that's that's asking for the hedge. I'm looking for the man that notices the hedge is down or there's a spot missing. I'm looking for that. And we just act like we don't care. I don't know. I'm sure it ain't that we don't care. We just are too busy. 
And let me tell you what I think, too, else we are. I know for me. We really don't believe it's a war. We don't believe it. The economy's great. Nobody's really, you know, just absolutely. In this room, I would say nobody went without food this week. Now, you know, you may not have steak every night, but, but there's nobody here that didn't have a meal. And so we're just convinced ourselves, it's not really a war. It's not that bad. It's pretty good. And we don't even, I don't know that sometimes we don't even say, well, you know, I don't know if the Lord, I want the Lord to hurry up and come back because mm, it's not so bad down here. Well, you have fooled yourself and been deceived because we're in a war. We're in a war. And when you get in it, the first thing that's going to happen, I think, I think for the early church, a lot of their battle was physical. Um, but I think in today's church, it's mental. So I'm going to ask you, raise your hand. I'll do mine first. If you have had a mental battle and say that even the past six months, major. I'm telling you, it is an attack, and you're outside your hedge if you let it keep going. And, and I think we just need to say, you know what? This is my benefit. I can have it. I want it. I can, I can ask God for all those things that I mentioned, and I'm going to have it. Now, it's not going to keep, like I said, if it's a hedge, a snake can get in it. He can, he can get in there. But he knows whose property that is. And a lot of things, the things that come on us, some of the, not a lot of times, some of the things that come on us is because we're, we're just not paying attention. But not everything. This is a fallen world. Terrible things happen. How much more do we need to hedge? Let the hedge protect our mind so that when things do go wrong, we can think straight. We can, we can act. Because I know a lot of times when, when you just get so bogged down with it, I, I remember going through a time where I was like, I cannot get my mind to think straight. I just couldn't think right about things. And it's such a battle. We need to see our brother and sister in those battles and fill up that hedge. Ask God, repair the hedge, God, repair the hedge. And we need to look around our church and we need to say, I'm going to build a hedge around my church. And then that's going to keep out the weeds and that's going to keep out the thorns or at least going to help us identify them and give us wisdom to know how to deal with things as they come. And also, we need to fill this church with lost people, right? Shame on me. Shame on me and shame on all of us. We, we need to do that. It's an expectation that God has. So I'm just going to be vain here for a second. Show me my next picture. But this is what I ask myself. Have I even stopped and prayed a hedge around the most precious things in my life? Those sweet, precious, those are my grandbabies for y'all don't know me. But look how, how absolutely precious and I got to thinking, you know, God has said to me, you can put a hedge around those sweet babies. You can put that hedge around them, and that doesn't mean nobody's going to skin their knee or fall off the tricycle or whatever. I'm not, I'm not here tonight to tell you 
You get the hedge, nothing bad goes wrong. That's not the words that's coming out of my mouth. What I'm telling you is I can pray that hedge about them and I can trust God to mark that territory. Satan, these things inside this hedge are mine and you had to get my permission to come up in there. So it's, it's it's a really comforting thing and it is a really grave responsibility uh, I should be doing that. I should be doing it. Not not just for them, but I should be for sure doing it for them if I'm not doing it for anybody. And you know, I know sometimes, in, I, if y'all are me, when I get up in the mornings, I'm getting dressed. I pray every morning pretty much for my kids and my and my grandbabies. But you know what? I haven't been praying like that. I haven't been reminding God, Here's all the great benefits of your hedge, Lord. And I know you said for me to make up the hedge, so I'm doing it. And then ask him to to fulfill the great uh, benefit of that hedge. So what I want us to do tonight, if y'all are okay with that, since it's still so early, it's not even 15 till. If y'all don't mind, let's all come up here. Um, There's not that big of a crowd of us. Let's all come up here and let's just take a second Let's pray for our church. And, and I, you know, I should have probably made everybody a list, but because I have a list of these, and I'm going to read these as we start to pray. Come on up. I'm going to read these great, some of these great benefits. And let's ask God to do these for our church. I don't, y'all can come. Just You don't have to get in a circle or anything. Just be up here. So here are some of the things we can pray for our church. That hedge would be about our church, about everything that it has on its left, on its right, in front of it, and behind it, which means things that hadn't even come yet, people that will come here that haven't come yet, the ones that are already here, the, the things that, that are inside this church, our finances, our decision-making, our leadership, everything that involves our church, that's what the hedge will do. The hedge will also identify this church as belonging to the Lord. Let's remind him of that. This is your church, God. This is your church. And we also can just go right ahead and remind Satan, Satan, this is God's church. And until he gives you permission to come across that hedge, you better just stay out. Um, The hedge keeps out the devourer, like I said. The hedge provides us to be pruned in those places where God can come and clip us and change us as we need to be changed. It keeps the briars and the thorns away. It keeps the weeds out. It gives us good air quality so that the truth will come through here. We need the truth, don't we? So much lies now. We need the truth in here. We can ask God for that. We can ask God, whatever you plant in here, it's going to grow. And and it it might go to Honduras to be missionaries, but it's going to grow to maturity. It's going to have a firm foundation. And then we can ask God for those pollinators. They're going to come in and they're going to shoo off the bad insects and it's going to give us seed and we're going to produce Christians. We're Christians, we're going to produce Christians. What a great thing we can pray about our church. And I encourage you to pray that about your family. In fact, I would give you my notes, but I don't know if you can read them. But um, if, you wanna, if you wanna see those and remind yourself of those, I'll be glad to get those for you. But let's pray for our church. Yes. 